Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Hey guys, it's Daniel Smooth from Time to BS. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. And I got something to tell you all today. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one simple place. Let me explain before we start the show. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or even your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and even and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one simple place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So what are you waiting for? Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and enjoy the show. What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning into this episode of Time to BS Podcast. If you like the show, be sure to check out more shows at Unhinged Sports Network, like Air Raid Attack, The J Dash Morning Show, The Far End of the Bench, and much more. That's unhingedsn.com. It's time to BS, a U Stadium podcast. Gentlemen and sexy individuals, so fuck knows where you're from or whatever you decide to represent yourself as. But hey, we're here. Time to BS episode 76. Splash was supposed to show up today. Apparently, he did not show up, so this is a problem. But bummer. is it really a bummer? It is that Splash. I don't know. I mean, he is a football encyclopedia, so he. he he knows his shit, but I'm here, Mike is here, and so is John. Um, we're talking football, we're talking bullshit, we're talking whatever comes to mind. You know how we roll. Uh, and anyway, uh, we have a very, very active football week today, uh, particularly in the trade deadline. That is on November 3rd, but we're in the trade market, I should say. Um... The Jets are unloading players. The, the Patriots could potentially unload some players. Cincinnati is trading away some players. Mike, is that you? What's that? Is that you, the screen background noise? Negative on that. That might be John then. Okay, John, that's fine. Um. <laughs> I can't tell. I'm paying attention to recording time. Um, but, uh... Yeah, there was a a few interesting trades that happened over the course of uh, the last few days. One of them to the Ravens. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe goes from Minnesota, who he was traded from Jacksonville to the Vikings in the offseason, to Baltimore now. Uh, the Ravens pick him up via a late-round pick. How the hell do the Ravens keep doing this shit? They get very good defensive players. They, they get good defensive players for, like, potato chips. Because they are quick to jump on any opportunity available to them to acquire 
players. Ugh. Eric DaCosta learned from Ozzie Newsom after all. Yep. Oh boy, oh boy. Um, another trade that happened was Everson Griffin going from the Dallas Cowboys to the Detroit Lions for a sixth round pick. I was a little surprised by that one. Yeah, I I thought there have been more teams that would be able to jump on him, especially for that price. Exactly. But Dallas yeah, is. Six, I, I could have seen like a fourth round pick, honestly. Uh, Dallas uh, is clearly unloading players. They also released uh, defensive tackle Dontari Poe and cornerback Daryl Worley. They were supposed to trade them, but... Um, no takers. No takers. I'm shocked with Dontari Poe. Poe doesn't shock me at all. He has not looked good at all this year. Since leaving Kansas City, yeah. Yeah, like well, the whole entire season has been... He's looked horrendous. Yeah. Like, he hasn't even, like, gotten, like, through the lines, really. Well, it's also Mike Nolan's defense, so let's put it that way. Mike Nolan has been a notorious defensive coordinator. Mike yeah. Nolan should have never been hired. To be Thank you. Well, Mike McCarthy should have been hired as head coach of Dallas. Well, no, let's be... a poor fit. Well, let's also be clear here. Mike McCarthy also also wanted the Jets job, so... Oy. And there you go. So, is he trying to get himself to New York? Who knows? I don't know. We don't know shit. We're just a few idiots recording a podcast. We don't know anything. I say Matt McCarthy gets fired at the end of the year. Uh, you you, you have to. You have to. They have to. The way that team has underperformed... When they were notorious for underperforming under Jason Garrett, but Mike McCarthy brought them to a new low. Yeah, but Jason Garrett had a few playoff appearances plus a number one seed. Exactly, and that was considered underperforming with the Cowboys. How the hell is it underperforming? Mike McCarthy done. Mike, because people always thought the Cowboys should be Super Bowl contenders. I never thought they were, but that was the perception. Yeah. I mean, you're also a Giant fan, so let's understand that. Well, let's not forget, they got too much talent, or they got too much money into these players. Which... Decent, and they're just struggling offensively, and even, well, defensively, they suck. Um, another trade that happened before we continue on with the Cowboys, Carlos Dunlap, who was rumored to be on his way out of Cincinnati all week, gets his wish, and for a bag of potato chips. He gets traded to the Seattle Seahawks for a seventh-round pick and backup offensive lineman B.J. Finney. Um, I think it's a good change of scenery for Dunlap. Like, you know, I think he's done pretty well in Cincinnati. He's been awesome in Cincinnati. Yeah, he's done a phenomenal job there. And Cincinnati, Uh, in general, just needs to go in different directions. I like the player. I love the deal. How can you not love that? Oh, when I well, when I saw when I um uh locked on Seahawks podcast who uh who's who's a Sports Illustrated podcast um listed a few trades that could potentially happen for Seattle, and I listed this on U Stadium for those watching for those listening. Um, Two, two of three likely trades to happen for Seattle. I had Carlos Dunlap as one of them. Um, 
I wanted Ryan Kerrigan, but uh, Dunlap actually was the better fit because he's got two years left on his deal at a relatively cheap price. Well, I think I'm it was to ask you what his contract was looking like. Seven, eight million dollars a year. That's not bad. It's not. not bad it's really not for a guy who was a disruptive force last year. I mean, he's he's been benched a few times this year, but and, that's not his fault. And he fills a team need too. Yeah, he fills a massive team. A major need. need. Oh my god! You want to yeah, talk if about? Any, if, if anything of this season has shown us, it's that the Seahawks need more defensive players. Well, here's well, I have a list Anybody. of I have a list of who they're getting back. Um, the, whether it's from free, whether it's from. Injured reserve, suspension, or just new acquisitions. The, specifically on the defense, Carl Dunlap, Daryl Taylor, their second-round pick from this from this past draft, Damon Harrison, who they, who's on the practice squad right now, along with Michael Kendricks, and defensive end Rasheem Green, plus Jamal Adams. They need those guys to step up. They do. Like, this 100%. team... This team should be 6-0. and They're 5-1 and right now. I'm proud of that they're 5-1. and I'm grateful... There's no shame in losing. There's the no Cardinals shame in losing to the Cardinals. The Cardinals are a good team. Yeah, they're going to be good for years to come. So, like, that's an okay loss. Like, that's, that's a good loss. Panic. That's in college football terms, a good loss. Yeah. Um, because this is two very good teams going. Yeah, exactly. Um. Uh, the, this next the next game after San Francisco against the Bills scares the hell out of me because that's a team that can easily put. Like, on the board. Yeah, they can put points on the board, and and they have a defense yeah, too. Yeah, that Seahawks secondary. They have a defense. Listen, the pa- the Leave secondary has been a disaster. Teams have been not been able to run the, the 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 defense has been able to stop the run for Seattle. They've been able to stop the run like crazy good. They're fourth in the league in rush defense. Yeah, that's why when you have like when you see them go against the top quarterback they just give up points like it's not they gave a 450 they gave a 300 plus to cam newton yeah and they gave up like 400 they gave up nearly 500 to dak prescott like when you yeah, give up when you give it's up like nearly five listen love dak prescott but when you nearly give up 500 passing yards alone to dak prescott you have a problem you have a problem. I what do you do when you play against like the top five quarterbacks? In the oh league? God, I'm scared of the Rams. I am terrified. Yeah, they're like I am, receivers. I am terrified of when we play the Rams in two weeks. Terrified. I have never been more. I've been terrified of the Rams one other time, and that was two years ago when the Rams went to the Super Bowl. We ended up going toe to toe with them in two meetings, but. Oh my god, I am terrified. Scared to death right now. Holden, if you're listening to this to this episode, I'm scared of your team, man. Rightfully so. That doesn't mean I won't pick this this doesn't mean I won't pick Seattle to win that game because Jared Goff's a borderline pedestrian quarterback, but who but who cares? I certainly don't. And it's going to be like a 50-40 to 40 game. I mean, they're also getting Rashad Penny back, along with Phil Dorsett and Josh Gordon, maybe. Penny's huge. Yeah. 
Penny's huge for running back depth purposes, and he's also a very good receiving back. And they're also getting some offensive line and tight end depth in return, which is good. They need it. Um, In other news, um, did did you guys see the Mitchell Miller controversy that happened with the Arizona Coyotes? No, but I thought we could get the link, though. So, I yeah, still... I see this. So, Mitchell Miller was a fourth-round draft pick of the Coyotes in this past NHL draft. Um, there has been a story that has surfaced uh, that happened four or five years ago when Miller was a student in high school. And he was, I, I guess, emotionally or verbally assaulting a... Uh, an African-American individual who was also mentally and physically disabled. Yep. So, it's disturbing. Yes, it is. But I also need to realize... Um, now, the Coyotes have since removed the rights of Mitchell Miller from their team. Since this story has come out, they removed the rights of Miller from their team. Good for them. But also... Good. Dude, this was five years ago. I mean, terrible what happened, yes, but I also need to realize, okay, I mean, did the, did that kid speak out? Or did the story just well, randomly pop out? It's just a product of, like, the, um, you know, social and political climate. Social right justice now. warrior bullshit. Yeah, that's what it is, because the coyotes, you know, bended the knee pretty much. Yeah. It'd been the nice Game of Thrones yeah. reference, my man. Yeah. Very good. That's a Yeah, we don't know Yeah, we don't know like if he's still like that because it's been five years. People change a lot in five years. <sighs> None of us are six Yeah, I mean we're five years. Yeah, we're we've all been different people oh, over exactly. the course of five years. I mean, it's not like we're the same per- people that we were five years ago. I mean, yeah, shit happens. You learn to you learn to grow and deal with it. But I'm not saying what happened was the right thing. I'm also saying that, okay, I mean, Josh Allen, great example. Josh Allen sent some some bad tweets when he was in high school. Okay, we love Josh Allen around here. We have have provenly said time and time again, we have something called the Charge of Josh Allen. We love Josh Allen around here on this podcast. Um... And, yes, he said some racist and homophobic things um, as, like, a high school or a middle school or whatever. And those tweets resurfaced the night he was drafted by the Bills. So, I feel like it's one of those situations where people could dig up something from my past six years ago. And she'd be like, ah, this is what you did six years ago. You're canceled. It's like, who cares? I said some dumbass things when I was in high school. Yeah, we both did. Yeah. We both did. Me especially, but like... No, like, I was a dumbass. John, we all were. Let's be clear here. Yeah. We all were. We've we've all said some dumb things. that's hard growing up. We've all said said that some stuff, and we've all done some stuff that, in our past, that, you know, it just, I don't understand why all of a sudden now we have to... I, mean, I get with everything that's going on in, in this country in regards to 
social injustice and this, that, and something else. But I don't know why we're all of a sudden now going to crucify this young kid. Um, <laughs> the dude was a fourth-round I mean, pick also. Wrong, but... Had he been the number one overall pick in the draft, different story. Oh, 100% would have been Had he pick. been the top pick in the – had he been a top 10 or top 5 pick in this past draft – we're talking this a completely different way. We're shoving this under the bus. Yeah, you think? But because this dude's a fourth-round pick and probably wasn't going to make the team anyway, I mean, it's like, oh, to hockey purgatory with you. It's fucking ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, they pulled the... Do you remember the Michael Sam draft? Remember the year Michael Sam was drafted? Same situation. Yep. Same shit. Yeah. The dude comes out he's gay, and then all of a sudden he nearly goes undrafted. What the hell? Different yeah, time back then. Let's be honest. And let's be honest. Who cares if he's gay or not? If he can play football, he can play football. And he was a very good player in Missouri. Well, he was a heck of a player. Yeah, no, he, he was awesome. He led that defense. He could have won them a national... Ah, uh, that might have been drifting. No, nah, not... The, no, not the I, I'm drifting. Oh, okay, that's a fine. <laughs> that's a fine. Speaking of college... Speaking of college great players, is Bo Nix a sophomore or a junior this year? The quarterback from Auburn. Yes, I think sophomore. Fuck! Sophomore. He's gonna be good next year. Yeah. Yeah. The dude has an arm. Okay, we're going off topic here. Um, what yeah, else? What else are we? Uh, the Dodgers. Ah, uh, yes. Congratulate Mikey. By the way, our good friend Mikey, who changed his name to Mister T now, uh, not trademarked, <laughs> but uh, after uh, Mister T from you know movies, great movies. Um, he's coming back. God knows when. But he he had issues with the comp- with his computer. That's why he hasn't been able to come on with us over the last few, over the last several episodes. But he's still with us. Um, we would be able to talk to Dodgers and win the World Series. Uh, congrats to Clayton Kershaw. You are no longer the biggest choke job without a championship. Uh, he he joins. Well, the Dodgers can now officially be a team that spreads COVID nineteen around, though. Ah, so, yes. Let's discuss dude, that's that. That's going to be a mark on this World Series forever. Justin like, Turner. That. Justin Turner, former Met Justin Turner. Um, <laughs> wasn't he an All Star with the Mets? I can look it up. Uh, yeah, I don't. I think it's a solid season. Is that Ryan who just joined us? Yes, hi there. What's up, dude? <laughs> uh, I would like to say that Skype sucks on uh, my laptop, but I can't pull it up, so I'm on my phone. <laughs> yep, same. <laughs> dude, what do you think of the uh, we? What do you think of the trades that happened in Gawkway, Everson Griffin, Carl Dunlap? I'm gonna get water while you talk. Uh, I'm somewhere between excited and like kind of over because I know the casual fans in the organization are like pumping their chest like oh we're, we just won the Super Bowl yes sir and Gakwe I mean and Gakwe's fine he's kind of a one trick pony as a pass rusher and he doesn't have to be our number one because Calais Campbell is our number one but at the same time I, I don't know if he moves the needle like between say divisional round exit and Super Bowl win like 
there are other players that think can do that, and I would have liked to go after, uh, say, uh, Julio Jones, if available, or Kenny Galladay, although the Lions are winning now, or Allen Robinson, although the Bears are fighting this week, et cetera. Or you could have given it, or you could have given us Matthew Judon for Tyra Lockett. I don't know. Or we could have gone and signed Antonio Brown. No. 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 I don't think anyone should talk. I like. I don't think he is a respectable player. Like Ryan, just for that comment, that's a fine. Ryan, just for that comment, that's a fine. He's on roster now. Tampa Bay signed him. Oh dear God, they did. Urinating Tree had a field day with him. I would love to have Antonio Brown join the Ravens. If it doesn't work, so what? If it does work, you add a weapon to an offense that averaged 33 points a game last year. Yes. Um, so, Carlos Dunlap, what do you think of him? You're, you're AFC North guy. What about Carlos Dunlap to the Seahawks? Uh, I mean, frankly, Seattle could have used the four of us as better pass rushers than what they currently have. But Carlos Dunlap will help a little bit. Um, he's been fine over the last few years. You hear his name called less and less often as the Bengals kind of slipped from relevance. Um, he can do he can do some things against the run. He can do some things against the pass. He's an upgrade at the very least for Seattle and uh, Cincinnati. Probably is grateful that he's gone now. Yeah, they get a. They're also getting a Rasheen Green and Daryl Taylor back from injury, so that helps big time. Green was solid for them last year, despite having three and a half sacks. Um, that's all they had last year. Um, and Daryl Taylor is a speed rusher. Dude, you need to shave. <laughs> Actually, rephrase that. Don't shave. That's your signature look. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't shaved since uh, the day that Tyler Boyd play against, uh, in Baltimore happened. So, December 31st, 2017. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's insane. That's crazy. And then I said, uh, I said, to, I told someone during the 2018 finals that I would shave the next time one of my teams won the title. Of course, the Cavs at the time were in the final, uh, got swept. Uh, the Ravens have lost the first round of the playoffs twice. The Braves have had two hilariously bad losses in the playoffs. <laughs> so there's that. Um, so, yeah. I don't think my teams are going to be winning titles anytime soon. So yeah, I don't think mine are either, so I'm in the Guinness same boat. Book, Guinness Book of World Records coming for the world's longest beard. How long is it? I'm going to guess... I'm going to guess... About a foot long. Uh, it probably will be very soon. Wow! I don't have a ruler nearby. I have one at home, but I'm in my in my dorm back in college, so I have no idea. And your hair is probably longer than that. Your hair is. Uh, yes. Can you uh can you pull Shawn Michaels? That's fine. I have no idea who you're talking about. Damn it! Oh, how is that a fine? That's not I a have fine. No idea who you're talking about. Okay, watch your wrestling. Look up Shawn Michaels' ponytail. Do me a favor. I'll, I'll pass in the ponytail, pal. Fuck, damn it. Come on, that's not a fine. What are you talking... Mike, is that a fine? Negative. Yes! That's a fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, we have uh, some more NFL trade deadline rumors that are potentially being passed around. 
Uh, like we said earlier in the show, the Patriots could be unloading on their players. Stephon Gilmore, I think they will. Stephon Gilmore to the Seahawks is rapidly heating up. I don't think it's going to happen. It shouldn't happen. It would be very interesting to see if it would happen and how they pull off that trade. Um, Quinton Williams is potentially on the trade block. I have no clue. That, I can't, I'm like, I don't understand why <laughs> like, they would do that. Yeah, why? Same Darnold. Same Darnold, I understand. But there comes a point where you need yeah, to. He's one of the, yeah, Quinton Williams is one of the few picks that actually panned out. I mean, Jamal did, but then you trade him yeah. to us. And you get a lot for him, too. I mean, you had to. Yeah. I don't you think had to. Get two, what, two firsts? And, two firsts, uh, two firsts. No, no, no. Two firsts, a third-round pick, and Bradley McDougald. Yeah, I don't think you're getting that for Quentin Williams. As much as no. I like him, and as much as he kind of turns something of a corner this year, like he's played a lot better this year than he did last year. Yes. The Chiefs are 19 and a half point favorites. They're going to cover. The Jets will cover that. Yeah. With my limited gambling knowledge, the Jets will cover that. The Jets will cover or the Chiefs will cover? The Jets will cover. I was going to say they're going to beat the spreads. They're going to get beaten on that game. No. The Jets will win 26 to to 3. (laughs) <laughs> um, no, no, no. The Chiefs win. The, no, the Ch- the Chiefs will Listen, the Jets are my second favorite team, but come on now. I'm not that generous. <laughs> yeah. No, but the Jets would do something like that where they'll beat like, the Chiefs out of nowhere and then lose to the like, guys. I swear to God, if they, that happens. Chiefs, what? Do you remember last, I remember last year, like, they were going into the week they were playing Cincinnati. Like, my friend who's a Jet fan knew, and he even told me. Bet on the Bengals. They're taking this game. I know the Jets too well. And I was like, no way that's going to happen. And it they, happened. They lost. They did the same yep. thing to Miami. But they beat Dallas. Yeah, it makes no and they sense. they beat Pittsburgh. Granted, it was... They're so infuriating of a team. Yeah, no, like, the, the Jets will have, like, some fluky win this year. Watch it be against the Patriots twice. <laughs> I swear, if that happens, the towel will not only freeze over. Jason Voorhees will come out of the lake. The planets will align. Time travel will become existence. Oh God! Like they're Jets, you know they're gonna win. Like, uh, like, or they're gonna like once they're like they're gonna win four games. They're gonna win four games, and the Falcons will get the first pick. Yep. That's what yep. I was about to say because you Ooh, know that's be a Jets special. They're gonna know it'll be like December. It's gonna be December, and then the season will be miserable, and then they're just gonna do win a bunch of games. So okay, they moved over. All right, I got an idea. Uh, Mike, you remember this trade proposal I had back a few episodes back? John, you do not uh, remember this trade proposal. Ryan, I did not tell you this yet. I've yet to tell the both of you this. So, a few episodes back, I made a prediction. That if the Jets do get the first pick and Sam Darnold plays well throughout the throughout the last few, several games of the year, the Jets should call Atlanta and trade the number one overall pick to the Falcons. So the Falcons take Trevor Lawrence, the Jets get a boatload of picks, and they rebuild that, that way. And it reminds me of yeah. how the Tennessee Titans did. Because the Titans in 2016 had the first pick. They traded that pick to the Rams for a King's Ransom, of of, I, of which I won't repeat. 
the Rams took Jared Goff, and the Titans went over and took a shit ton of players like Corey Davis, Derrick Henry, yep. and so forth. Yep, they pretty much built their core. They built their core. So this is, I think it's still a good idea if the Jets end up getting the first pitch, which may happen, and the Falcons finish like eighth or ninth in the draft spots. I feel like the Falcons are not going to do that. You have to at this point. You have to. I mean, you have to. I mean, we need your encyclopedia, Ryan. What do you think? That team is lost. Okay, um, let's 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 call a duck a duck and say Sam Donald is nowhere near the prospect, nowhere near as talented as Trevor Lawrence is. Yeah. If the Jets passed up on Trevor Lawrence, they will regret it for the rest of time. This isn't a this isn't a Jared Goff thing. Jared Goff's fine. He wasn't an all time great prospect he just happened to be the best prospect in a best best quarterback prospect. well Carson Wentz was at that time but but go on uh, we can we can have that argument can you but, go on please <laughs> yes we can Trevor Lawrence might be the best NFL prospect ever this is the best quarterback prospect of year this is might be the best NFL prospect of football history since John Elway you can argue he's better than Elway Wow. Yeah. I mean, there are a few there are a few general generational talents at quarterback. It's Elway, it's Peyton, it's Luck, it's it's Lawrence. Lawrence might be better than the other three. And I think if the Jets were to trade out of the number one pick, they would have to like practically take the entire Falcons organization. Like if I were the Jets and if I were uh, Joe Douglas, former former Ravens scout, if I were Joe Douglas, Thank I you. would say, "Give me Julio Jones, give me Grady Jarrett, give me Calvin Ridley, give me your entire roster, give me all of your assets, give me everything you could possibly need in a football team." Because I would, I if I'm Atlanta, I would trade practically everything for Trevor Lawrence because I think Trevor Lawrence can be that much of a difference maker. All right, fine. You want me over? Fine. You want me okay. over. Okay. On the, on the other hand, imagine the Jets if they had Ridley, Julio, two good, two extra interior or two extra linemen that were really good, Brady Jarrett. Like, that would be a pretty loaded team. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, Trevor it's the Jets. 52 bags of sand, I think that can work. I think that would work better than what the Jets currently have. And who knows what who the Jets will take with their other first round pick, courtesy of us. You're welcome, New York. Mm-hmm. But I think they're gonna screw around and take like a ETN or uh, Najee Harris or a running back, and I'll start laughing at their pick. Yeah, you never know. That sounds Jetsy. You never know. But so, what about Josh Rosen to the Patriots? Anyone? Anyone? Anyone still on that boat? Probably nope. Better than nope. Is right now, and definitely better than Jared Stidham is. So you, so you and I are on the Jared, on the Josh Rosen to New England train still. Uh, I mean, I don't, don't know if I'm on the train, but I do think he's a better football. Excuse me, I think he's a better football player than Jared Stidham is. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> well, I mean, the Patriots have nothing to lose right now. No, they don't. Plus, they could sign him for free. 
Um, what are you, uh, Ryan? Did you pop in the, on the Dodgers controversy or no? Uh, I did not. Um, I do think it's ironic that Justin Turner got COVID and stayed in the game longer than Blake Snell did, and Blake Snell was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. pretty good, like uh, elite, all-time great. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I was talking about it on the app the other day. I understand why Kevin Cash decided to make it, and I know that. Tampa got to the World Series in large part because they played the analytics. They did a lot of shifts. They did a lot of things. And those things work over the long, over 162 games, or in this case, 60 games. But it, it just sucks to see Tampa's season come down to that decision. And I know Mookie Betts is a good enough baseball player to get a double off of Blake Snell. And I know he's definitely a good enough baseball player to get a double off the garbage that was Nick Anderson in the playoffs. But it does suck that a lot of people are going to blame Kevin Cash for the Rays losing the World Series when, in reality, that's a decision that more times than not will work. Nick Anderson was great in the regular season. And Blake Snell's career OPS the third time through the order is significantly higher than the first two times. And, again, it's Mookie Betts. If you let Mookie Betts see you three times, odds are he's going to get something off of you. Yeah. The Mookie is just a, he's a natural winner. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's from what I've seen. Um, what else is uh, there to talk about? Ah, yes. Uh, Ryan, are you a movie knucklehead? Uh, I mean, I like some films, I guess. Okay. I feel like this would be a good idea, but also a bad idea. But we'll... We'll transition to a non-sports topic because we like to talk our bullshit as per usual. Um, which movie franchise is is so great but hard to sit through? Harry Potter, Star Wars, or Lord of the Rings slash Hobbit? And why? Okay. Uh, in terms of sitting through as in like length or sitting through as in like thematic elements of the story? God damn it, I hate your brain sometimes. Because I hate I, your brain. I've sat through the Lord of the Rings, and those are long, long movies. And I think I would have appreciated mm-hmm. them more if I wasn't eight. Or ten, or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And also, I think you have to factor in, like, the, the number of movies. So, like, Star Wars, say, is nine plus Solo mm-hmm. and Rogue One. Or I thought you were going to say Avengers, and that's, what, 23, 24 films, something like that. Of course, those would be harder to sit through just on pure volume of movies. But I've never seen Harry Potter. I have no interest in seeing Harry Potter. I have no interest in any consumption of Harry Potter material. So (laughs) I would not sit through that one. I would rather sit through all of the Star Wars uh, sequels over and over again, and I don't like any of those movies. What do you think of the prequels? Uh, I like episode one in a vacuum. I think it is a good movie. I don't know if it's a good Star Wars movie. It's certainly movie. better than 7, 8, 9. Those aren't, I don't think those are particularly great Star Wars movies, and I would rather not watch them again as regular movies. But I think uh, Phantom Menace has like the quintessential, like, this is what peak Star Wars can be with Duel of the Fates and the Darth Maul fight. Yes. And I appreciate that 
might be my favorite thing in all of Star Wars. Ooh, uh, I got one for you. I really don't like Attack of the Clones, but again, it's seven billion steps up from the sequels. And I think Revenge of the Sith is, if it's not in your top three Star Wars movies, I think you're approaching Star Wars incorrectly. Thank I you. Three. I don't know which Thank one it replaces, but I think it's I think certainly I top number three Star Wars. Two. I have it as uh I have it as one for strict I, I think it's my favorite Star Wars movie. Um I could go on forever about how you can argue between Empire Strikes Back or Revenge yeah, of the Sith as the best Star Wars movies. People hate the prequels and I still don't understand why. Um I don't like the only thing that I didn't like with the prequels was Jar Jar Binks in episode. Yeah, one. that's pretty much it. That's it. I mean, Jar Jar two was. Is yeah, two two's underrated. I like Attack of the Clones. Um, uh, I, I can you can miss me with that. Yeah, I can. You can miss with that. But like Revenge of the Sith, when I mean, you felt the pain of the Jedi when Anakin Skywalker betrayed the entire Jedi Order to turn to Darth Vader. You felt that pain. Like when I first saw that movie, and when I first saw. All the Jedi being slain, it's like damn. Yeah, I mean, it's like so. damn. I felt that, Chief. Like that hurts. Like women say, men don't understand true pain. Watch episode three from straight forward, then you'll understand or true pain. What? <laughs> or be a brave fan. <laughs> <laughs> watch on repeat from a slant on the one yard line in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, you get, you get that shoved down your throat every Sunday night game. and It's basically Seahawks night football at this point. Yeah. I had it. It still be a better yeah. game than Ben DiNucci and Carson Wentz. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. That's going to be a disaster. Oh. That's going to be... Just trade for Ryan Fitzpatrick at this point, Dallas, please. <laughs> Just trade for Fitzpatrick. Call Tony Romo out of retirement. Call Eli Manning. Do something. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, that's a fine on my part. Eli Manning to the to the Cowboys. That's, yeah, that's a big no. That's a big that's fine. That's one of the things that happens in a Madden fantasy draft, and it just looks ugly. It just looks off. It's like Peyton Manning when he first signed in Denver. Or it's like Tom Brady <laughs> taking the promotional Tampa Bay pictures. Like, Sorry, Mike. <laughs> uh, it still like doesn't. It still feels weird when you're watching like the Buccaneers and you hear them go Brady's going back to throw. It's like oh shit. Yes, yeah, it's, it's weird. Like Brady, Brady to Gunkowski, Buccaneers touchdown. Yeah, like it just doesn't feel right. That was me for Matt Hasselbeck when Matt Hasselbeck uh, went to Tennessee. That was me. Like, Matt Hasselbeck was so good for his years in Seattle, and then when he went to the Titans for a few years, it was like, yeah, this is weird. I don't like this. It, just, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. It, it just With doesn't. Brett Favre on the Vikings. No, I think Brett Favre on the Jets That's is just, weirder. I would say Favre on the Jets would be more my thing. 
to be far with the Vikings, we could have spent years going head toe to toe with them. You know what would have been worse? Had Brett Favre gone to the Bears. Oh, that's that would stop it. That would have been why? Why Ryan? Like that? That yeah? That no? I don't like it. That would have been worse. That would have been way worse. That would have been uh. That would eclipse the Bears-Packers rivalry as the greatest in NFL history. The Brett Favre rivalry against his own Packers. No, Bears-Packers. Uh, okay. Mike, are you serious? Is Trevor Lawrence considering going back to a senior season? Yep. Yeah. Uh, read a lot of articles. Just yeah. kill me. This is the kind of thing that if I had to bet on, I would put my all of my life savings on Trevor Lawrence going to the NFL. I would, but honestly, like if it's the Jets, maybe he wants to avoid that disaster because Why? they've ruined so many guys. But the problem with that is the Jets won't be good next year. So if he skips out on the Jets, it's not it's not like the Bengals situation. If the Bengals say didn't get Burrow and Burrow stays at LSU for another season. Well, who looks good, by the way? Burrow. Yeah, Burrow looks great. Like, if Burrow just skips the NFL, and Cincinnati doesn't take Tua, they don't take Love, they don't take anyone else, and they just don't take anyone, they are going to be a better football team in 2020 than they would have been in 2019. And they yeah, because the Bengals are still doing, the Bengals are still headed in the right direction. Exactly, and they still have talented players. Yeah, and the Jets. Burrow, they had an okay draft. I mean, I, T. Higgins is good at football, even though I still think they should have taken a lineman. Their linebackers are good. They still should have taken an offensive lineman. But I think the Bengals need another, like, two years. Yeah, give them, yeah. like, a couple years, and they'll be, and they'll be better. They'll yeah, be a lot better. Years. I just don't think they would have been gather assets. I don't think they would have been number one overall pick material bad this year without Burrow. No, not like, at all. You drop Andy Dalton back to the team, they're not a two and four teams. The Jets are worse. No, these. Yeah, I also think that Trevor Lawrence isn't going to solve the problems with the Jets. No, one player does not change the outcome of a whole. Nothing team. is going. Yeah, like I feel like it's going. I feel like the Jets, like especially like the last like two years, have done like almost irreparable damage to like their team. Well, that's what happens when you hire Adam Gase as your head coach. Jackasses. Yeah, look at, ask Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, ask Ryan Tannehill. Ask Jay Cutler. Well, I mean, frankly, Tannehill does have several benefits to playing in Nashville as opposed to Miami. Now, one of them, the big one is Adam Gase not being there, but at the same time, he does have a more structured organization rather than, you know, Miami. Yeah, but I think yeah, but Adam Gase in the end was the guy who was coaching him for years. Let's also understand that Joel Philbin was his first head coach. Yes, who also was his head coach. Although it wasn't Tannehill's best season under Gase, like twenty what twenty fifteen. Sixteen. Sixteen. Sat out twenty seventeen. And that was the Jay Cutler year, twenty seventeen. Yeah, that was such a weird year. That was. It, it fit. It fit well for Jake Cutler, though. I yeah, thought Jake. I thought smoking Jake Cutler was a great fit in Miami. <laughs> yeah, I beat the, the Bears with Brock Osweiler. 
No, not as good. Not as good. That's like that's like Joe Flacco in Denver. That was weird. That, <laughs> yep. that was weird. All right, since we got Ryan on, I think it's a good opportunity for us to talk about this. So Lamar Jackson had the had his second unanimous MVP season in in NFL history. Um, the first 2010 Tom Brady. Now, there are people out there who think that Lamar's MVP season from last year is the best in NFL history. That's what I saw in some articles. And I'm here to tell you, Ladanian Tomlinson's in 2006 was better. Yeah. Well, I'm here to tell you that Lamar Jackson didn't even have the best MVP performance of the decade. Thank you. Yeah. Who do we got, Ryan? Mr. Encyclopedia. Uh, okay, so 2011 Rodgers, for me, is the pinnacle of, well, at least in the last decade, is the pinnacle of quarterback play. Uh, all time, I would have to go with 2004 Peyton Manning over even LT. Uh, sincerest apologies, LT was dominant, best running back season ever, but I think a quarterback season is apparently more valuable than even the best running back season. Although LT does make a strong argument as young Wake can miss an extra point, that's okay. Um, yeah. It happens. But yeah, Peyton Manning 2004, I think is peak quarterback play, uh, and then followed pretty closely by 2011 Aaron Rodgers. Now, so, where would you put Matt Ryan? Lamar really shouldn't have been unanimous, in Thank my opinion. You. It's just, it's just Russ had some weird games and weird times. And if if San, or if Seattle beat San Francisco Week 17, I think Russ gets some votes. And then we don't have the, ooh, Lamar, unanimous MVP. Ooh, Lamar, this, this, this. Ooh, Lamar, number one player on the NFL Top 100. You're like the, you're like the only, you're like one of the very few rational football fans that I know. I try. Hmm. And I respect it because I know a couple of Raven fans who last year were just all in on Lamar and were pretty much crowned him greatest of all time, even. And I was like, no, you don't do that. Like, it's one year. The only thing that I would say Lamar is, like, historically relevant in, I, I would argue he's a better all-around player than Michael Vick. Like, that's what I would say he is. That's, that's He's a better passer. I don't know about the passing, because a lot of the... Like, if Vic played now and Lamar played then, I think the stats would look similar to what actually happened. I don't know about that one. I think the stats would be in favor of Vic, though. Well, yeah, I, yeah the stats would look better for Vic moving to a more pass-happy era, and the stats would look worse for Lamar in a uh, more run-happy era. And, like, imagine Michael Vic running the read option. No, Vic ran those plays. <laughs> yeah, Vic was yeah. primarily yeah. scramble yards. Lamar is getting a lot of design stuff. It's stuff. It's balancing the run game. It's Vic played in an era where they weren't having those designed runs. Yeah, it, like, the the thing with Lamar is that Baltimore is scheming up a lot of it. Now, Lamar is exceptionally talented. He's one of the greatest athletes to ever play, probably. But it is scheme. It is 11-on-11 football. A normal running back is 10-on-11. When Michael Vick was running, it wasn't 11-on-11. It was just whoever is in the area playing defense, basically. Because all of almost, maybe not almost all, but a lot of his yards were scrambles, and they weren't, they weren't designed. And 
design runs are more sustainable. They're less subject to volatility. Like Lamar averaged 6.9 yards per carry last year. He's probably not going to do that again this year. Kyler Murray is averaging, I think, over seven yards per carry right now. In a that's not sustainable. Size, that's not sustainable, exactly. All right. Where do you put Matt Ryan's MVP season from 2016? Okay. 2016 was a weird year. It was a great year, though. No, it was a great football season. It was awesome. Yeah, I, 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 see, I have a tough one ranking that one because I do think Brady may have deserved it a little bit more, but he only had the 12 games, so I understand. Uh, I, I, that's tough. So okay, if, easy, easy one for you. Cam Newton, 2015. <clears throat> I'm, I'm an outspoken critic, not really that season, but in comparison with Lamar's season, I think Lamar was a little tiny bit better. Um, yeah, so I would, I would say bring so. Lamar's 2019 over Cam's 2015. Not nothing against Cam in 2015. He was phenomenal. Um, just I think Lamar last year had something, something different, some just a little tweet, a little twitch that was like Cam didn't have that extra twitch like like Cam is it's kind of like the LeBron James LeBron James and Steph thing that LeBron and Cam they like are physical and they just play but then like Lamar and Curry they just do things that you're not supposed to do on a field with other superhumans practically so I think Lamar was just doing things a little differently it's really a 1A 1B scenario to me and I would take Lamar I wouldn't fault Panthers fans for taking Cam. That's fine, but I would take Lamar. Okay. Um, now for all-time greatness in terms of MVP season, Lawrence Taylor in 1986. I mean, I think that's a fair, fair one. That's a, uh, yeah, that's a fair that's one. Defensive MVP. Uh, I would again lean either 04 Peyton or 2011 Rodgers, but there is some quarterback bias baked in there. Uh, Marshall Falk in 2000. How about Sean Alexander in 2005? Alexander was incredible in 05. Had the then touchdown record of 28. Then LC. Yeah, one up. The that was LC run up and one year later. Yeah, with 31. Yeah. Which also think of when you think about the thirty-one touchdowns for a running back. That's, that's crazy numbers. That's crazy. Like that's why, like to me, like that always was my like top MVP season. That's got to be the a running back doing that. Yeah. Can we also um, can we also uh, agree to disagree that Rodgers should never have won the MVP in twenty fourteen? Uh, yeah, you can say JJ Watt. That's fine. Thank you. No, JJ Watt. Thank you. I, although, I do will say that Rodgers 2011-2014 is the greatest four-year stretch ever by a quarterback. It's like, if we're, if we're talking, like, stretches, it's Peyton in 04, best single season ever. Then the whoa, 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 Time out, time out, time out, time out. Okay, let's hear it. 2013 Peyton in defense of Mike's Broncos. Uh, 55 touchdowns. 55 touchdowns. 56 total. The greatest, the, the, the top scoring offense in NFL history. However, I can make the case. The three, the greatest show on turf Rams from 1999 to, to 2001, 
the greatest three-peat of MVPs ever. I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. I would disagree that 2013 Peyton was peak quarterback play because I want you to look at the number of attempts he had and the number of possessions and all of the things that went right with the whole offense Broncos to score 609 points in the season. The 2004 Colts, as loaded as they, as they were, they had three 1,000-yard receivers. They were great. Peyton didn't have to throw the ball 650-some-odd times. He, he just didn't. And his, he had a 9.9 touchdown percentage in 2004. Here's every player to eclipse that since 1954. No one. No one. Although Russell Wilson's at 10% right now, so there's that. Yeah. But 9.9 <laughs> touchdowns. If he, had, if he had the same number of attempts 2013 Peyton had, 0-4 Peyton doesn't break the record. He doesn't, you know, set a new record by a little bit. He shatters the current record. He would be around 65, 66 touchdowns. What about... Now, what's your case to be made for Russell Wilson as MVP this year? I mean, I think statistically it's pretty clear. He has 22 touchdowns in six games. But but Seahawks must win the division, I think. I I don't know about that one. I, I mean, I think that Seahawks winning the division certainly doesn't hurt. Like, if they don't win the division. That's kind they of get the one seed. It's over. They get the one seed. It's over. Yeah, they get the one seed. Like no one's no beating them in the, the playoffs. Biggest, it would be the biggest injustice, biggest snub ever. Um, I don't think it's the biggest snub ever. If Wilson were to be snubbed no, out of the MVP, they get the one seed of that. Look, think that defense, that everything. Wilson has to power that offense. Week in, week out for, for them to get the one seed. Okay, yeah. Like if, we'll, that, yeah if the Seahawks if somehow go... Okay. For that to happen, All Wilson right. ha- will be uh, MVP. All right, I'm going to so I'm gonna double down on that. I'm going to double down on this one, John. If the Seahawks somehow miraculously finish 15-1, and one, get the one seed in the NFC, best record in the NFL, and Wilson does not win MVP, I will go to New York City, find the NFL office... And I will riot there. I will. So there, yeah, there is no chance the quarterback of a 15 in one team is going without without the MVP. It's happened one time. It's happened one other time. And that was what, Ben Roethlisberger in 2004 when he Sh- missed the first three games of the season? So it was that and the play. Chicago Bears in, 20, in 1985. Like, I, in the modern NFL, you're not going to be a 15 in one team without a superstar quarterback yeah yes and unless there's injury or something really screwy then you need a quarterback playing at like the top of his game precisely it's like 2015 cam there you go 15 wins yeah 14 win ravens but you get the idea with the ravens it's the top of the game 2009 Peyton 14 and 2 started 14 and 0 if they don't fall off the cliff the last two weeks they probably win at least 15 games Peyton still MVP 16-0 Patriots you know the only exception is when the Steelers didn't start Ben Roethlisberger for three games yeah yeah that that's that's a good one Oh. I would be so pissed off if Russell Wilson does not win MVP this year at fifteen and one. 
Like, I, I will... Like, even at 12 and 4, I think he should win it. Well, don't get me wrong. I still think they're winning the division. I, I think they will, but I think it's going to be a tough time. I trust Seattle more than the Rams, the 49ers, and Cardinals. See, this is why I like you, Ryan. <laughs> Frankly, Seattle has this thing called a trump card. His name is Russell Wilson. Yeah. Like, what's what's Arizona's trump card? DeAndre Hopkins. What's San Francisco's? George Kittle. What's the Rams? McVay. Like, those aren't the quarterback is the most important position probably in all the sports. You could make the argument otherwise. I don't want to make that argument right now. But Russell Wilson is certainly the best quarterback in the NFC. And he's as talented as Mahomes, and he's as consistent as Mahomes, you know. Yeah. He's 1A, 1B. Go on. He's playing better this season. (laughs) Although a certain NFC quarterback was never one of my power rankings this week because Russell Wilson threw three interceptions in primetime. Yeah, we don't speak of that. Huh? Yeah, we don't speak of that. Yeah, Isaiah Simmons actually made a play for once. Imagine that. Yeah. But yeah, Seattle, if you're talking trust value, like if you can trust a team, like you can trust, say, the Pittsburgh defense, you can trust certain things in sports. You can trust Russell Wilson. Yeah, no. He's not going to win every game. It's consistent. But they're going to win most. Seattle's always in these screwy games. They're going to win most of them. Are they, if you focus on one, are they going to win? Maybe, maybe not. But in the grand scheme of the season, yeah, they're going to win most of them. Yes, this is true. It's it's essentially a coin flip every time you're in a clutch game, and Russell Wilson says, oops, that's not a coin flip, that's 80-20. Yeah. 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 Now, the losses are ugly. They could have easily lost to Minnesota if Alexander Madison gets through one hold properly. Then, hey, guess what? Seattle's four and two, not five and one. That defense concerns me a lot. You think? Yeah, like that defense is that defense could cost that defense could cost Wilson a championship. They're on pace to give up the most pass the most yards in NFL history. Yeah, that defense is gonna cost them. Oh, it's not gonna cost them the division, but the playoffs. That's they have to do something about that. I think part of that is because Russ and the offense are so good, but at the same time, you have the mix of they can be inefficient sometimes. You know, even like last year, they have a lot of maybe not three and outs, but they have shorter drives. And then, oh, those Russ moon balls. Yeah, what good is a two play, 55 yard touchdown drive for your defense when they've been getting torched the entire day? It doesn't help. So there's part of the, like, you can step back to, like, the Chiefs in 2018, 2019. Their defense looked a little worse than it actually was because they score so often and so quickly offensively that you're in, instead of punting and the other team stuck inside their 20, it's a kickoff. And guess what? They get the ball to 25, so there's a few extra yards of advantage. Or, hey, you scored so fast, you scored within two minutes, and your defense is back on the field after starting an 80-yard touchdown. Oof. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. So the difference is the Chiefs though were not a historically bad defense. Uh, twenty eighteen they were very good. 
weren't very good, but not reaching like historic levels. Uh, let's see. I don't, I don't feel like it was historically bad. I thought it was their vulnerability, but like a lot of teams have something that's vulnerable. Like there's, there's really no such thing as being perfect team. Right. Besides the 2007 Patriots, from the most part. Yeah, and even then they couldn't win it at the end. Which is really sad to think about in the grand scheme of history, but. Yeah. Although that would give that would have given Brady seven rings theoretically. Yeah. Yeah, the Chiefs, the 2018 Chiefs were 31st in yards allowed, around 6,500, so over 400 yards a game. Um, with the 2020 Seahawks, that would be they have allowed 2,800 yards through through six games, Ooh. so they are about 450 yards a game. Jesus. Thanks, Ryan. Jesus. Um, this is what happens when you allow. Now, granted, not all of that is on the fault of. Wow. Take a guess at what their best defensive game is in terms of yards allowed. The Miami Dolphins. Um, 415 yards. Against the Dolphins. That was the best performance. Yep. Um, yep. Now, granted, was Atlanta getting 506 fair to Seattle? Maybe, maybe not. Seattle was leading for most of the game, so of course Atlanta's going to pass the ball, and they're pretty efficient at passing. And then with the Arizona game, that went to overtime. So those your two of your three 500-yard games are you, at least against Atlanta, Seattle dominated most of the game, and then Arizona was an overtime game, and then Dallas was... A shit show. Yeah, the, thing that, the, the, the trouble the thing is that they're not just like, you know, it's not like they're like having light coverage. They're, I've seen them leave guys wide open. Yeah. This is true, bro. Cedric Wilson had himself a game and a half against Seattle, which made me happy. Yep. Oh, boy, like, oh, boy. I don't know how an NFL defense is just leaving guys like receivers wide open, like top receivers just wide open. This is what happens when you let go of most of your defense and you have no pass rush. Yep. Oh, no pass rush? That's like being like, – like they, they have zero and negative. We put Oklahoma's 2019 team to shame. Yeah. Or was it the twenty eighteen team? Was it the Was it the twenty eighteen team? I can't remember. Um which one? The one that allowed seventy points to LSU or the one that um, made everything <laughs> out? The seventy point team. <laughs> yeah, that was twenty nineteen. Okay, good. We're all gonna both the twenty eighteen defense probably would have allowed ninety to that LSU team. Probably. Okay. Uh, in 2018, they turned, like, freaking low-level Big 12 games into, like, a shootout. Which, oh, God. Oh, I think yeah, we have... I remember, to... like, every freaking week, it was the same thing. Yep. I remember, like, the Kansas game, and, like, everyone was just, like, in the stadium, we were all, like, just pissed. Yep. Oh, guys, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Time to BS Podcast. If you like our stuff, be sure to check out our other shows at unhingedsportsnetwork.com, at unhingedsn.com, like Mike's Area Attack podcast. By the way, welcome back to Area Attack, uh, to the Unhinged, if he's there. He's not there. Okay, this sucks. All right. Damn it. Okay. Uh, Once again, thank you guys for tuning into this episode of Time to Be Podcast. 
Be sure to tune in to our podcast exclusive bullshit sessions episodes that will appear every now and then. Other than that, thank you guys for tuning in, and we hope to see you guys in the near future.